We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app welcome to overnight america with ryan wrecker on kmox sponsored by michael's flooring the flooring experts michaelsflooringoutlet.com And overnight America continues. Yeah, you hear those temperatures. The highs will be through the overnight. It's one of those nights where we go past midnight, and that'll pretty much be the high, and then it will drop, drop, drop to the upper 40s by the afternoon. Oh, so gross. Not a big fan of something like that. So we're going to hook up with Kristen Arnold here in a moment. Is she on the line? Almost. Okay, I'm going to be able to bring it up because after debates, I like to figure out, hey, We can look at the candidates. We can analyze the candidates. But really, how did the debate go? Was it uh, something that was like the first debate? Well, no, it's not. So why wasn't it like the first debate? What did Kristen Welker do right? Let's uh, bring in our friend, a panel moderator expert and rulesanalyst.com, Kristen Arnold. Thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Always a pleasure, Ryan. Kristen Welker is getting a lot of praise online right now based on what we saw from the first debate with, well, not a great first debate when it came to keeping things at least civil. What did you think about Kristen Welker in this time around? Well, I think she had a couple of things going for her. So if I were Chris Wallace, I'd be really annoyed, (laughs) you know, because she did have a couple of things going in her favor, like this whole thing about the microphones being muted for the first two minutes, but that's only four minutes of each segment. So that's only 24 minutes that you got actual civil, you know, guaranteed that it was going to be civil. Um, The fact that she, at the beginning, she pleaded with the candidates to speak one at a time. So she made a nice uh, gesture to say, please speak one at a time. Um, I think it also helped her that both candidates were absolutely skewered in the press mm-hmm. from the first um, debate. Mm-hmm. And maybe, just maybe, there's only 12 days to go and the race is up for grabs. So I think both candidates were probably on their best behavior, <laughs> unlike the first debate. Right. And I noticed a few things about her style this time around. Uh, I thought she did a pretty good job at trying to keep things on track. But what she ended up doing was allowing the candidates to take over for one more comment, one more comment, one more comment. And then you find towards the end of the debate that they tried to jam in as many things as they could to try to keep it to the hour and a half. Well, she did a really poor job of managing time. Mm-hmm. So if, if you look at the rules of the commission, they basically said six segments, 
15 minutes each. Mm-hmm. That sounds reasonable. Well, the first one, uh, which was on fighting COVID, lasted 25 minutes. So you know you're already screwed. You're already <laughs> 10 minutes already... behind. Right, right on the offset. And then, and, then, and then national security, which was really about taxes, was 19 minutes. And then American families was 17 minutes. And then immigration got thrown in there. I'm thinking, well, is immigration, that isn't, isn't, isn't even a topic, but maybe that's really American <laughs> families. So let's just be generous and, and throw that into American families. Well, that's 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, race in America. You got 15 minutes, ding, 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 and that left one question on leadership that lasted three minutes. Yeah, she was having so much fun. You know, she just lost track of time. (laughs) I thought she, uh, overall, uh, all things considered, based on what the expectations were of the two candidates, uh, you said she had some things going for her, some things not going for her in the sense of the time management. But overall, how did you feel she handled the third and final debate? Well, I, you know, in a comparison world, she did fabulous. Um, I think actually she did a pretty good job as a moderator. I mean, I, I think she asked more pointed, uh, closed questions like, can you name the specific companies that are manufacturing a vaccine? Or she asked questions that were like, how do you intend to accomplish that? Tell us more. Yay. You know, like mm-hmm. cover new ground, people. I thought that was great. Um I think when she wanted to move on to the next question, she was often um, just stymied by the other candidate who wanted one more comment, one more comment, Mm -hmm. one more comment. And then she would let them. Right. So I think her, you know, the nice thing is, is that she would say, okay, you have 30 seconds or you have 10 seconds. Who can say anything in 10 seconds? Nobody can. But um, I thought it was nice of her to try to manage that. Um, but, you know, how do you tell a president or a, a former vice president to, like, shut up, man? <laughs> well, what she would do a couple of times, and I, I did like this, she met, she would mention, that is new information. Can you explain that some more? Because you can tell that she was highly prepared and she knew if there was something that was brought up during this debate that wasn't previously brought up, she tried to highlight that and why it was different. Yeah, I think she did. She did a good uh, job about that. I think she really uh, she she tried to get people to stay focused. So, um, for example, in the discussion on the race in America, it kind of took a detour into corruption allegations. And then she'd like, let's stay on the issue of race. So I, I think she did try as best as she could. Um, you know, being a moderator is very thankless. Um and if you do a good job, it's like everybody just kind of goes, okay, she did a good job. And, and now we're talking about everything else. You do a bad job, everybody talks about how bad of a job you did. So mm-hmm. her good news is everybody's like going, yeah, good job. Next. <laughs> of the three debate moderators, two presidential, one vice president, do you think she did the best job? Yeah, I think yeah. she did. But okay. I think she had a lot of things going in her favor as right. well. She had some um, blinders put on when it came to the being able to mute, which I think kind of set a tone, which I think they both obliged. But overall, when it came to questions, the way that she was able to dish them out and the time she gave to each candidate, how did the numbers look? Does it, Was it pretty much down the line, or were there any candidates that got an advantage that way? Well, you know I love the numbers, Ryan. (laughs) So when we take a look at the number of questions between the number of questions that Biden got, the number of questions that Trump got, which do you, what do you think? 
I want to say that it was even. Uh, to me, it felt even watching this, uh, at least question-wise. So I don't know what the total number is, but I feel like it was right down the line. The total number of questions was 29. So 14 were to Biden and 15 were to Trump. Okay, that's that's it. Right down, that's about as close as it gets. Overall, pretty good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Were, were you looking at interruptions as well? Of course. <laughs> I feel like Kristen Welker may have interrupted more than anyone else in this one, but I think that was just trying to get things back on track. But what what, what were the numbers that broke down between the candidates? So she actually, if you want to look at, at how, how many times she interrupted, she interrupted Trump 16 times, and she interrupted Biden two. Wow. But she herself was interrupted 14 times. Mm-hmm. 14 times by um, who? Or total, she was well, interrupted 14 times. So so if you take a look at, at how many times um, she was interrupted, it was 14. Mm-hmm. And the candidates interrupted, um, Biden interrupted four times and Trump interrupted 17 times. Okay. It's a big number. Yeah, and that kind of looks at the similar number to the way that she was interrupted, I should say. All right, uh, that's interesting, uh, the way it breaks down. So in general, do you think she stepped in the way that she should step in, or do you feel like she could have maybe, when it came to the interruptions, played it differently? Well, I think she had to kind of do a little bit more interruptions because Trump had, okay, speaking time, do you think he had more time or less time, equal time, than Biden. You know, I want to say Biden may have had more time on this one, mostly because I felt like every time that she was given a little bit of overtime that she was giving extra to Joe Biden without interrupting him. That's what I my general observation on that. Well, I think you have it backwards no. <laughs> in that she was giving Biden time to give him time. Mm-hmm. So Trump had 40 minutes and 31 seconds or so of speaking time and Biden had only 37 seconds and uh, 37 minutes and 43 seconds or oh. so. So she had to kind of even things out um, because Trump was always kind of like doing the last word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he wanted he would, to do that. So, and you're right. And I'm wondering when it comes to her trying to figure this sort of thing out, does a moderator have a clock that they're watching kind of like at a chess match where they're, or they're showing both sides? Or is it basically on instinct they're trying to keep this even? You know, I do not know how they set it up for this one. A lot of um, a lot of folks will have an in-ear microphone and the the director, the producer is feeding them the information like, you know, you're you're not even on certain things so that you can kind of gauge. Like if, it, if it's going a little whack, uh, the producer will just say something in the microphone, like, you know, Biden's running short on time, or I don't know exactly what they were doing in this case. But, you know, I don't have a backstage pass, Ryan, so I... <laughs> you need really one. You. <laughs> you should I get should. one. <laughs> I should. I want to get one. Well, but I do think that they kind of have this this uh, innate feeling as well. But, you know, the other thing is, is that she doesn't have much experience in this kind of level of the presidential debate. She's, she did a democratic primary with uh, Rachel Maddow. um, But that wasn't like the primary role. So, I mean, I think she did an amazing job for the first time out of the gate. Hmm. 
Very good. I wonder, based on what we're seeing here, if other debates in the future, you know, non-presidential debates, will try to implement some of these cutting of the mics and things, or if it's even necessary for that. Do you think that maybe based on that first debate that could change the game of debates in the future? Well, I think the commission is under a lot of stress to just completely rethink their um, philosophy because it's really hard to talk about some of these substantive issues in two minutes. Yeah. Like you have two minutes. That's it. Let's talk about race in America in two minutes. Let's talk (laughs) about national security. Let's talk about climate change. I mean, come on people. And I, I think that if you really want some substantive discussions, you should, you know, maybe make the debate one or two topics Hmm. and go deep into what are your positions? What are you planning on doing? How do you differ from your rival? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I think that that's what, what the American public would like mm-hmm. versus, I mean, we already get enough of these two-minute sound bites in other media outlets. So give us something in these debates that we don't normally see. Very good. So if people wanted to find out the work that you're doing as a panel uh, moderation expert, uh, rulesanalyst.com, is that the best place to find you? That is indeed. And online too, social media, definitely check out Kristen Arnold, rulesanalyst.com. And I'm kind of missing these because it's going to be a while before we have another debate. This was fun. I know, Ryan. This is the last one. <laughs> we had so many Darn. of them with the, the Democratic uh, nominees going on stage pr- like twice a month uh, at one point, And then we were meeting so often. But this is the last one till the election. It's going to be a few years before we get another one. Oh. I know. But you know what? I want this election to be over. I'm done. <laughs> I Cook. know. Me too. Poke <laughs> me in the eye. <laughs> Kristen Arnold, thank you again for all your time this year. I really appreciate it and coming on again tonight on Overnight America. Thank you, Ryan. Have a good one. And make sure to look up Kristen Arnold online. It's uh, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, Kristen Arnold, rulesanalyst.com online. You can find her on there and some links to the other work she's doing. All right, so how do you feel things went? Uh, what do you say? 314-436-7900. There's a couple of moments I want to replay for you, but I really want to get your analysis, the things that you saw. It's Overnight America, KMOX. St. Louis's traffic station, KMOX. Got a whole bunch of clips to replay from the debate tonight, and I would like to play those for you. I'll tell you what, I got a text message, actually a couple of text messages. I got one from Mary, who wrote me an email through text messaging, which is fine. I'll have to get through that. Um, One person wanted to know if our new news guy sounds like Ted Cruz. I don't know if I see that. (laughs) Sean, you're talking, referring to? Yeah, we have a new news guy at night, which I think he's doing a fantastic job. So let's take a couple of your calls on the debate tonight. We had the analysis from Rich Rubino and Kristen Arnold. I want to hear what your analysis is. 314-436-7900. And Larry is calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Good evening, sir. Ah, hello, hello. So first of all, I'd like to say this. Shame on the national news media. Only Fox News covered and unraveled the Biden money saga. Mm. Kudos to Fox. It wasn't it wasn't really discussed much in the debate. And and I'm glad that they didn't go down that path. Mm -hmm. Secondly, 
someone needs to explain to Joe Biden that there is no systemic racism in the United States of America. There's the 13th and 14th Amendment for that. Once again, during the debate, the Russians were brought into the dialogue. And I hope the Russians interfere just like they did in the Hillary Clinton President Trump election. I hope that I hope that Joe Biden wins the popular vote and I hope that that President Trump wins the electoral vote. So go Russians, help us out with this election once again. And yeah. lastly, well, let me just point out between that and what what did they do? Nothing, by the way. The whole idea of the Russians taking the last election is nonsense. Now, them trying to put disinformation or influence or whatever or their opinion into it, totally different than what they're trying to paint the picture of them trying to take this election again, which I'm pretty disappointed they're trying to rehash that sort of idea. Right. Um, well, you got to keep playing the same the same Trump card. Um, you know, I watched four debates, mm -hmm. two presidential debates, one vice presidential debate, and the Missouri gubernatorial debate, which was run better than the other three. <laughs> they had a David David Lee ran it. There was four. There was four people running the the uh, the Democrat, the Republican the Libertarian and the Green Party. There was never one interruption during the whole segment, not one. Mm -hmm. And if you said something against one other party, he gave you 30 seconds, which isn't a lot of time, to rebuke it. And I will close with this. How is Joe Biden going to lubricate his limo without any oil? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, let alone think about everything else that the government depends on when it comes to transporting. So, yeah, what are you going to do? You're, you're going to give up Air Force One and Two. You're just going to stop traveling. Now, keep in mind the ones that bring this up. I'm guessing Joe Biden's not flying coach in order to save some of the uh, uh, trying to save some of those carbon emissions. Right. He's flying. He's flying pretty good right now. So, uh, you know, you're not pulling up and finding yourself in first class. Even you got your own private uh, way to transport yourself. So, you know, enough with this. If you really want to walk the walk, I guess you could try to pull one of those deals out or try to find a way a plane can operate on batteries. <laughs> 314-436-7900. You know, I guess if you wanted to try to run things on well wishes, then sure. All right. JD is calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, how are you? Good. Uh, first thing, that last guy sounded just like John Goodman. I know. Um, you know, we say that all the time. It sounds just like John Goodman. Yes. Yeah, he so. can do voiceovers, man. Um, <laughs> okay. At any rate, I watched the debate. I've watched them all. Um, I am not, I don't love Donald Trump as a person, but I love him as a president. Mm -hmm. And um, first thing is, I'll say this, the coronavirus, um, yes, 220,000 deaths is sad and tragic, but in a country of 350 million people, it equates to two college football games. Hmm. That's kind With of a, a morbid way of looking rate, at it, I guess, but no, it is tough. Well, you know, I mean, it's a 99.999 survival rate. We know who the vulnerable are. We've learned this. We're doing a much better job of handling it. And Trump simply being on stage tonight, magnified that mm -hmm. all that aside i finally jumped in jubilation when he simply asked joe biden 
why haven't you done it in 47 years? Mm-hmm. And that had to be his go-to. You know, when he talks about what he's going to do, what we need to do, well, you were there for eight years. Why didn't it get done? You were mm-hmm. there for 47 years. Why didn't it get done? Mm-hmm. But I thought Biden buried himself on two points. Number one, to take the Hunter laptop gate, as we'll call it, and dismiss it as Russian disinformation when we all know it's way more than that, mm-hmm. okay, I thought was a fatal mistake. And then to say we're going to move away from oil, I only imagine his supporters dropped their jaws when they heard that uh-huh. because you just affected five million jobs. In, in, and that's a conservative estimate. Well, so, your state, you're ca- are you calling from Michigan? I'm from Michigan. I'm in St. Louis currently. Okay, I can only imagine, because towards the end, you looked at all of the different states that got a shout-out, and I'm guessing Michigan's getting a lot of ads right now. I'm going to guess that's one of them. You're going to see that comment repeated oh, oh, many times we, up in that state. Absolutely, and we are, you know. Um there's the ongoing thing between him and the governor, and everybody everybody says, all right, why don't you guys grow up and go govern and do what you were hired to do, you know? Um, that's a whole nother ball of wax up there. Very good. But again, right. I, 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 I just let Donald Trump is the English teacher whose guts you hated, but you still learned to read. <laughs> Thanks, J.D. It's good to hear from you. All right. That's uh, interesting. The teacher you hated, but you still learned... All right, 314-436-7900. I love getting states all over the place. 800-925-1120. Another way to reach the show by calling in tonight. And I have some clips from the debate if you missed it from a couple of hours ago. Hey, how about this? I'd rather hear your analysis, your thoughts on it. And you know what I haven't heard from tonight? I haven't heard anyone call and defend Joe Biden. It's been a lot of people looking at this from the other way. So maybe you're listening right now and you are going to vote for Joe Biden and you thought he did a fantastic job at the debate tonight. Go ahead and call in. This is Overnight America KMOX. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is Kevin Wheeler. Stay tuned this week as we look at five key storylines that will impact the upcoming Cardinals offseason. From veterans hitting free agency to the search for more offensive production. We'll have it all right here on your home for the Cardinals, KMOX. Well, how about that? The final debate, much different than the first debate and completely different than the second debate because that one didn't happen and they were on separate channels. (laughs) But at least on this one, they had a chance to go head to head for a while getting some praise online is moderator Kristen Welker. If you missed our interview with Kristen Arnold, who has rulesanalyst.com. She's a panel moderation expert. 
really gave some great insights of the good and the bad of what happened during this debate. But overall, compared to the last couple, probably the best of the uh, three, being two presidential and then one vice president. So what do you think about all of this? 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And Joe is holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Well, hello, Mr. Rector. How are you doing? Very good. Uh, I, yeah, I was uh, saying to the screener, I said, uh, Democrats for the last three and a half years trying to remove the president, and now six months, you know, now six months before the election, oh, well, that didn't work out. Well, we better get on the bandwagon and campaign and throw some campaign lies out at him and that, smear him, and then maybe we'll win the election, but then they'll be back at the same thing when he wins re-election. They'll be up trying to, you know, put him up on charges. Somebody's going to lie about something. Somebody heard something, you know. And they're not doing the people's work. Everybody wants to see both parties work together. But my God, I mean, you know, it's a party wins. They won fair and square, you know. Mm. What's your level of confidence of a Donald Trump win? Well, I, I myself, I, I believe they will. Uh, he will again because, I mean, in my own mind, I mean, people, uh, you know, I'm older, I'm retired in that. But, I mean, uh, you know, most people, even when I was younger, we, we like the security of jobs or families or streets safe. You know, you don't want to have to look over your shoulder every time you walk outside. You want to be able to move around, do your business without worrying about somebody blocking your street or setting your business on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, all that stuff back in the 60s, I lived through all that. That was terrible. The best thing about the 60s was the music and the space race. Hmm. But you know what I mean. Yeah. And then you got all those ones that wanted to vote for the president that were 15, 16, and 17, you know, back when he was running the first time and won, that are now they're, they're ready to vote for him. There's like 6 million people right there. Hmm. I feel like this time around, I, more people are on the up and up when it comes to the idea that the polls may be wrong. And so many people are just having the, the thought that it's in the bag for Joe Biden. They're starting to realize, though, that there are a lot more people around them and people in their neighborhood that have the signs out and the ones that are willing to talk about and not be ashamed to talk about that they're voting for Donald Trump because so many of them in the past were afraid to even mention the name considering that they would get either shouted down or who knows what would happen to them. Um, I think some of that is starting to change a little bit. I I also believe that if we get into this next election, as we try to gauge where each of the candidates are in in the next two weeks, there was one article from... Hmm. I think it was the National Review. It's a rep- uh, kind of a conservative okay. website. Yeah, Review. Basically, what he said was, if you were to take the way Joe Biden is polling today versus the way Hillary Clinton was polling, Joe Biden is way behind where Hillary Clinton was at this time. So if that's any indication, maybe that can go and show you that Donald Trump still has a pretty good chance of winning this thing. Well, and, and if you if you listen to what they, uh, you know, the, when they talk about the early voting, saying that, what was it? Uh, Mr. Rector, 20, 20 million votes already cast or something. Oh, it's higher you know? than, I thought it was like 40 oh, at so, this point. Yeah, it's but, a lot. But, I mean, you know, they, they give that impression like, oh, all those votes are going for Biden. <laughs> who's to say, say three-quarters of those aren't going for President Trump? Yeah, that's true. That's you know, interesting. The, the, the old people like me that just want stability in life, we don't want people shouting at us and stuff like that. We can disagree. But like I said, Mr. Rector, when you start – you know, breaking people's businesses and, and, and stealing from them and setting things on fire, that's not being an American. Yeah. All right, Joe, okay. good to hear from you. Thanks for calling in. Oh, thank you, Mr. Rector. Bye. Bye. Isn't that nice? He calls me Mr. He calls me, I should get that sort of reaction anywhere I go. You know, from now on, producer Mike, instead of calling me mean names, you should call me Mr. Rector. That would be a lot better. 
Yeah, you started calling me marble rye, like the bread, which isn't too bad. But who prefers marble rye for bread anyway? That's like it on the bottom of the bread chain. Uh, you'd have to go down pretty far. You'd have to look around and say, well, the Italian bread is moldy. I guess I'll do marble rye. But when it comes to bread, number one type of bread is easily the Italian bread. It toasts up really well. You put some butter on it. Mm, perfect for sandwiches when it's nice. Marble rye, if you're using it in a way to make fun of me, yeah. Oh, sliced bagels, too. That's a good way to make a sandwich. Mm. 314-436-7900. This is one of the moments I wanted to replay because we're getting to that point where I haven't played any clips from the debate tonight, and I spent a lot of time putting them together. So, oh, we're getting some. This is a debate on a couple of different... We talked COVID. They talked a little bit about money, foreign accounts, where it's coming from. They talked about healthcare, Obamacare, Biden care, as he tried to say, oh, we'll have Biden care. Ugh. I know a lot of people got a little bit sick when they heard that. They talked about immigration, what's going on at the border, and corruption. They talked about crime. They talked about oil. They talked about, you know, they just full gambit of stuff. So how about this one? This, uh, we'll play this as a couple minutes long, but this stands out to me. Mr. President, you've described one. the Black Lives Matter movement as a symbol of hate. You've shared a video of a man chanting white power to millions of your supporters. You've said that black professional athletes exercising their First Amendment rights should be fired. What do you say to Americans who say that kind of language from a president is contributing to a climate of hate and racial strife? Well, you have to understand the By the way, such a loaded question and all of those things taken way out of context. But OK, we'll we'll let that be for now. The first time I ever heard of black lives matter they were chanting pigs in a blanket talking about police pigs pigs talking about our police pigs in a blanket fry them like bacon i said that's a horrible thing and they were marching down the street and that was my first uh, glimpse of black lives matter i thought it was a terrible thing as far as uh, my relationships with all people i think i have great relationships with all people I am the least racist person in this room. Well, what do you say to Americans who are concerned by that rhetoric? I don't know. The, I mean, I don't videos. know what to say. I got criminal justice reform done and prison reform and opportunity zones. I took care of black colleges and universities. I don't know what to say. They can say anything. I mean, they can say anything. It's a very, it makes me sad because I am, I, I am the least racist person. I can't even see the audience because it's so dark. But I don't care who's in the audience. I'm the least racist person in this room. Okay, Vice President Biden, Abraham, let me ask you very quickly, and then I have a follow-up question for you. Abraham Lincoln here is one of the most racist presidents we've had in modern history. He pours fuel on... All right, did you catch that? Abraham Lincoln over here, one of the most racist presidents in America. Isn't it funny? Because he prefaced it by trying to use Abraham Lincoln in a derogatory way. Joe Biden, I don't know if you believe that's going to have a poor effect, but keep listening. Okay, Vice President Biden, Abraham. let me ask you very quickly, and then I... And you can tell he's really, really ready to jump in there real quick because he was just waiting to use that. I have a follow-up question for you. Abraham Lincoln here is one of the most racist presidents we've had in modern history. He pours fuel on every single racist fire. Every single one started off. And let me point this out, too. You want to talk about pouring fuel on things. You call the president of the United States racist as part of the debate. And then you believe, oh, no, 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 that's not pouring any fuel on this sort of thing. 
Yeah, uh-huh. This campaign coming down the escalator saying he's going to get rid of those Mexican rapists. He's banned Muslims because they're Muslims. He has moved around and made everything worse across the board. He says to the, about the poor boys, last time we were poor on boys. stage here, he said, I told him to stand down and stand ready. Come on. This guy has a dog whistle about as big as a foghorn. President Trump, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to respond, and then I have a follow-up. You know, he made a reference to Abraham Lincoln. Where did that come in? I mean, <laughs> you said you're that, Abraham Lincoln. No, no, where did that? No, no. You said, I said not since Abraham Lincoln has anybody right. done what I've done for the black community. And I'm saying, I didn't say I'm Abraham Lincoln. I said not since Abraham Lincoln <laughs> has anybody done what I've done for the black community. Now, you have done nothing other than the crime bill, which put... Oh, God. Tens of thousands of black men, mostly, in jail. All right. Let me, you know let, me let me they ask Vice President Biden Because if Biden you look at what's happening with the voting right now, let me ask they Vice remember President that Biden you treated them about. very, very badly. He's like, Abe Lincoln. I mean, it, I think he's making a pretty good point that definitely Joe Biden is slipping. There, I mean, even in that last statement, he was slipping, slipping, slipping. And again, it's funny how Joe Biden gets so upset if he's taken out of context even when it's taken in context, but he gets upset it's taken out of context. He goes right back and takes everything out of context and it completely lies about Donald Trump in the very statement about not pouring fuel on that fire. It's such a joke. <laughs> Donald Trump, Abe Lincoln, <laughs> Abe Lincoln, what are you talking about? <laughs> All right, I want to get some more of your calls in. It's Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Just amazing how important every night is between now and election night. And, of course, KMOX with their election coverage is just a few weeks away. You know, it's the 22nd. We are, let's see, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 days away from the election. And who knows, maybe by this time we'll know if Donald Trump will be reelected or if Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. Who knows? It's going to be a wild ride. 314-436-7900. And Charlie calling in from Minnesota. Welcome to Overnight America. Well, hello there, Ryan. Hello, hello. Current temperature, 32 degrees. Oh, wow. We're still in the 70s in some areas here. Uh-huh. We got uh, currently three inches of snow what? with rain mixed. Anyway, who freed the slaves? The they were... Republicans who? actually created no, the no. party. No, no. Who was the president oh, that freed Abe, the slaves? Abe Lincoln in his party, the Republicans. Yes. Well, then why didn't when... Uh, Biden and them were talking about it. The moderator didn't say who freed the slaves. <laughs> That's that Joe because Biden. Biden said he was a racist. Well, if he was racist, who freed the slaves and why did he do it? A blanket. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when then Joe Biden, Biden would have had to come Trump up that name, no, but I was yeah. hoping Biden would have would have come up with that. Uh, and then Trump says, now you want to call him a racist? <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem if someone said, hey, you are on the same pedestal as a Abe Lincoln if you were president. And, you know, Joe Biden thought it was a way to slam him. Like, oh, look at Abe Lincoln over here. But I'm, I'm pretty sure most people would look at that favorably to be compared to Abe Lincoln. Nah. Uh, 
Nah, I don't think Trump was even close to being like Lincoln. No, but what I'm saying is Biden trying to set it up as if it's some bad thing to be compared to Lincoln. I, it was a weird thing for him to do. I think that backfired. Right. Right. Yeah. But I was, that's why when I heard that part, I thought, well, why didn't the moderator say who freed the slaves and uh, why did you call him a racist? And Trump <laughs> right. rebuking the that men. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, they, they spend a lot of time on race there. But, yeah, Charlie, good to hear from you. And please don't hurt yourself trying to plow snow, okay? Uh, I'm trying not to. I went out and shoveled uh, our neighbor's driveway and got to the bottom and says, I give up. Okay. It was probably best for you to realize that you're not young anymore. No, I'm not. Yeah. We need so, we need to keep that in mind so you don't hurt yourself. I don't want you calling from right. the hospital next time you call in. <laughs> so how's the little one? Doing awesome. Thank you for asking. Charlie, hey, have a great night. We'll see you. You too. Yeah, so my little one is doing just fine, coming up on two months old, and she is a beauty. Mm. So much love for that little baby. So I'll hopefully get a nice, clean bill of health, everything developing. She's growing like crazy. Kids tend to do that (laughs) at a very young age very quickly. 314-436-7900. Where do we want to go here? Um, Oh, here's Donald Trump a couple of times when he went on the offense against Joe Biden. And one of these things we should be doing, there should be no, no minimum mandatories in the law. That's why I'm offering $20 billion to states to change their state laws to eliminate minimum mandatories and set up drug courts. No one should be going to jail because they have a drug problem. They should be going to rehabilitation, not to jail. We should fundamentally change the system, and that's what I'm going to do. But why didn't he do it four years ago? Why didn't you do that four years ago, even less than that? Why didn't you I do it? You were vice president. You keep talking about all these things you're going to do, and you're going to do this. But you were there just a short time ago, and you guys did nothing. We did. You know, Joe, I, I ran because of you. I ran because of Barack Obama, because you did a poor job. If I thought you did a good job, I would have never run. Uh, I would have never run. I ran because of you. I'm looking at you now. You're a politician. I ran because of you. All right, Vice President Biden, your response to that, and then I do have some uh, questions for both of you. Well, I tell you what, I, uh, I hope he does look at me because what's happening here is you know who I am. You know who he is. You know his character. You know my character. You know our reputations for honor and telling the truth. All right, and then I think he finishes with this. I am the character of the country is on the ballot. Our characters on the ballot. Look at us closely. Let me ask some follow-up. Please respond, if and then we're going to have follow-up. This is true questions. about Russia, Ukraine, China, other countries, Iraq. If this is true, then he's a corrupt politician. Right. So don't give me the stuff about how you're this innocent baby, Joe. They're calling you a corrupt politician. <laughs> All right, good. Good to go on the offense. One more hour of overnight America, at least the live portion of it. I'd love to hear from you. I really would. You're listening to KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thank you.